Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is Life Links with the DL Link. Life Links is a funding initiative of the DL Link. I have Jack Bloom, DA spokesperson on health in Gauteng on the line. Jack, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. I can quite clearly say that you have a very difficult job on your hands. Um, it's as if we have uh, everything that the Gauteng public hospitals seem to be in a, in a state of disarray. There's a collapsing infrastructure. Um, there is a huge need, especially now with COVID. We're all talking about um, cancer patients as well, as well as all uh, patients across the board in such high demand. What do you have to say? about what is this what is happening with the state of hospitals in our in our province well the problem is that public hospitals even before the epidemic were in a poor state i mean some hospitals are, are better than other hospitals uh, Schartenkrieg at johannesburg hospital as you know is an academic hospital that's for specialist cases and some very good people there the problem is there's uh, delays in getting to see the the good people there and uh, uh, long waiting lists for operations. That's uh, a common problem and it's particularly acute uh, in the cancer therapy department. Uh, all this has been uh, terribly worsened by the, the fire and the closure of this uh, 1000 bed hospital. It's a key hospital. It's not really replaceable. So that, that's what's happening at a key hospital. The other hospitals are all under strain. And obviously with the COVID-19 cases coming in, uh, what happens is they have to cancel elective surgery. You know, that is surgery that's not emergency surgery, but you know, you can wait three years. Uh, for a hip uh, uh, operation, I mean, which is obviously of great distress for people who need that operation. Uh, you could wait quite a long time to have, uh, you know, your eyes done for cataracts. So there's uh, a lot of uh, hidden suffering. I wouldn't, I, I call it hidden because it's, uh, you know, you, you don't see it uh, as visibly as people suffering at home because they can't walk because of a bad hip or they can't see because they need a cataract operation. So these are all the, uh, the, the, the damage that, uh, that's caused by the extra, by the epidemic on top of, um, you know, the existing problems that short staffing, uh, broken machinery and, uh, poor infrastructure in our hospitals. So it's just made it, uh, unimaginably worse. And, and on top of all this, it's, I have to say it's, it's a perfect storm. Uh, we have a number of hospitals in Johannesburg, um, that are suffering from water shortages. And, and then we have power cutoffs. It, it's really a, a very distressing situation. We were just talking about uh, mental illness and, uh, and uh, psychological distress. I can't imagine how, how distressing it must be for the healthcare workers, for doctors, for surgeons having to work under these conditions, never mind the patients. Well, well, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, everybody is, is very stressed and, you know, there's always some risk of, of infection from COVID-19 in, in yeah. hospitals. Uh, cross infections so they need to take uh, you know extra precautions what they do is they have a very large category of people they call them uh, uh, people under investigation PIUs 
Um, and uh, that takes up a, a lot of, of beds. Uh, these are people who have symptoms that could be COVID-19, uh, but they need to be tested first, and they'll keep them in separate wards, uh, obviously, so that they can don't get infection or that others don't get infection from them. Uh, and they can only go ahead uh, with proper treatment if they know from a positive test or a negative test for COVID-19. And, of course, uh, doctors don't want to operate on a patient if they know that the patient is uh, positive with the COVID-19 as well. So this is what uh, takes up a lot of beds at our hospitals. We're sort of at the mid-stage of the third wave of COVID-19 infections. The hospitals, unfortunately, are, are filling up. Uh, rapidly and uh, it's getting to be a strain uh, on top top of the fact that a major hospital is 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 closed you were quite outspoken about the state of the the charlotte bethlehem hospital and the cancer unit being short-staffed broken radiation machines um, that there were terrible shortages um, recurrent chemotherapy drug shortages delaying patients treatments insufficient number of nursing staff um, insufficient number of linear accelerators for patient volume, 50% of equipment that's old and needs replacing, and um, the fire. So perhaps you can just tell us what is happening. Has you 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 mentioned this this uh, closure of this key hospital? You're looking at a thousand beds. So the entire hospital has been closed because of the fire. Well, at the moment uh, it is the entire hospital, uh, and this fire happened uh, nearly seven weeks ago. It's a long time to remain closed. Now, fortunately, we are told by the Infrastructure Development Department that uh, large sections of the hospital are structurally sound and they can be reopened. But it seems the problem is they have to get fire certificates and uh, adhere to all sorts of regulations by the Johannesburg City Council. I do agree that you can't open sections of the hospital if they're not safe. Uh, but it seems to be taking an inordinately long period of time and you really need to open uh, the safe parts of that hospital as soon as possible. They have said that they'll be able to reopen the cancer unit section. Um, they've even said the end of this week. I hope that's true because it's a standalone building uh, part of it and they can uh, get access to it from a different uh, section. This is what they're saying. Uh, I think that would definitely be a priority to uh, to open the, the cancer unit as soon as possible. That would be very positive. Uh, but we also need to open the section of ICU beds for COVID-19 cases. They have an excellent uh, uh, in the ICU unit for, for COVID-19 cases. And I, I don't see how we can go into the high phase of this epidemic without the use of those beds. So the frustrating part is that uh, there's such a, a lack of communication. Patients tell me that they use all the, you know, the authorized phone numbers, they phone the hospital, they phone the hotline, and sometimes they don't even answer. But if they do answer, they don't get adequate information. So you know, hopefully the cancer unit is up and running as soon as possible. Uh, but we need to know about other sections of the hospital, particularly those that are used for COVID-19 patients.
And tell me, where have the uh, cancer patients during this nearly seven weeks, where where were they moved to for their treatment? What happened to them? It was uh, shocking. Some of them were in the middle of uh, radiotherapy treatment and chemotherapy treatment. Uh, what they did is they set up a unit at the Chris Harney Baragwanath Hospital. Uh, you know, obviously there's travel considerations for people and, uh, it, you know, might not be convenient to, to travel all that way. Even worse when it comes to the Steve Beaker Hospital for Radiation Therapy in Pretoria. Uh, you know, imagine that, uh, you have transport difficulties and you have to go to Steve Beaker Hospital every day for a course of uh, radiotherapy. Uh, now, the problem is that uh, already uh, there's backlogs to start off with, and uh, these Steve Beaker radiotherapy machines uh, would need to, to work uh, overtime, actually. They've got their own patients, so it's not satisfactory. And the other problem they've had is that they've gone to Steve Beaker or Chris Harney Baragwanath Hospital, and they're told, oh, no, we, we have to do your diagnosis from scratch. We don't have your medical details. So all this leads to, to delays, which are, is very unfortunate in the case of cancer because uh, delays uh, – is is uh, risk to life. Sure, it's just absolutely frightening. Um, so we, you say the news could be good um, for the cancer unit at the Charlotte Matheke. You said maybe even by the end of the week, which is tomorrow. Um, how would people be notified if they do then open the unit? Um, do, do you know, Jack? How, how will they communicate? They should all be on a, a list, and they should all be communicated directly by the hospital. I hope that that's what actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is what the provincial government has said to us, and I hope uh, it's true. Uh, but uh, what about the rest of the hospital that needs to be open? You know, another category of patients that are incredibly disadvantaged are kidney dialysis patients. You know, they actually need dialysis three times a week, or their situation can deteriorate quite rapidly. At the moment, they're told to go to the Helen Joseph Hospital, but as we know, Helen Joseph Hospital is short of water. So I've had uh, dialysis patients telling me instead of having four hours dialysis, they only get two or three hours dialysis, Mm. you know. So it's just a perfect storm of disasters. If it's not one thing, it's another thing. Uh, At the Helen Joseph Hospital and the Rahima Musa Hospital, which is a mother and child hospital, uh, they've had to send patients to, to other hospitals. People have been sending uh, water to, to try and help out there. Uh, it's just a terrible situation. Uh, you know, the, the wards are smelly. The, the, the toilets are, are blocked up. Uh, patients are being given bottled water, but operations have been cancelled. Uh, there's a terrible description in one newspaper today where uh, a nurse at the Leritong Hospital, which is in the in the West Rand, uh, says that uh, the casualty department looks like somebody slaughtered a cow there. That's how oh. filthy it is because they, they can't clean it. And a doctor said that a patient died because they didn't have, uh, wa- you know, water to sterilize the, the instruments. So uh, this is the dire situation that we're in. Uh, I, I must say it's the result of years of poor maintenance, uh, you know, not just in our hospitals, but in our Water infrastructure, as you know, Glen Hazel currently is facing uh, water shortages with burst pipes. You know, if you don't invest over the years in maintenance and and in in, in new new uh, infrastructure when you need it, this is what happens, and you can't solve it overnight. So, 
So here we have a situation with the electricity cuts on top of everything. And, uh, you know, hospital staff, I feel very sorry for them. They have to do the best they can in the circumstances. And, and patients, of course, are, are the victims. So that's where we are with uh, public hospitals in Gauteng at the moment. Uh, sure, I certainly sure. hope they get their act together soon. I hope so too, Jack. I mean, it's what a bleak, bleak outlook. But uh, in you, we have faith. I'm not putting too much pressure on you, but hopefully you're putting pressure and uh, and uh, please God, um, you know, the Charlotte Bekeke will open and the issues around the water will I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Well, I don't know. Be resolved. We, we, we don't know what to say, but we don't want to end on such a, an awful note, but this is the reality and this is, this is what we're living with at the moment. But thank you, Jack. Thank you for your time. Um, thank you for bringing us all this information. And as I said, um, maybe there'll, hopefully there'll be some kind of light, but thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you. Uh, I do what I can, but, uh, I think, uh, a joint effort and a private-public uh, partnership, I think, can uh, significantly improve uh, the situation. That's what I've been fighting for at the Harting Health Department for many years. Thank you, Jack. Take care. All the very best. Jack Bloom, DA spokesperson on health in Gauteng. Oh, so, so bleak.